All right. Well, welcome back, everybody, to the Lead Up Podcast, where we connect with dope and diverse leaders to learn more about their leadership journey so you can level up your leadership. Hashtag Lead Up. As always, we want to give a special shout out to Darling New Media, Sacramento's premier podcast studios, here to help tell your story. Make sure to check them out, darlingnewmedia.com, and connect with my guy, Nate. And of course, can't forget about the listeners and viewers to the podcast. Uh, thank you so much for all the love and support. I've been getting amazing positive feedback from everybody. Uh, even got some feedback about this shirt that some people may have spotted last week uh, in the last episode, uh, Dope and Diverse. Those will be on sale pretty soon. So be on the lookout for that. Make sure to follow the, the podcast page at Lead Up Podcast on Instagram. But without further ado, I want to introduce my next Dope and Diverse guest here for today. And that is none other than Neil Brown. Welcome to the Lead Up Podcast, sir. How you doing? I'm doing all right. Thanks for having me. Excited to be here. Thank you, man. I really appreciate the time. Excited. Uh, I know I've been reaching out to you like, man, I got to get you on here. And so I'm glad that we can make it happen. So, Me too. Uh, but first want to make sure that people know who you are. So give us a little bit of background, uh, a little bit of the story, uh, what you do professionally now, who is Neil Brown? All right. Um, so my story starts on the East coast. Actually, I was born in Philadelphia. I grew up in South Jersey for about eight years. Uh, my dad got a job in Arizona, so we moved the family out to the Phoenix area. Uh, I lived in the Phoenix area for a grand total of about 15 years. Um, you know, grew up there, went, went to school there, did my first year of college back on the East Coast, and then went back to Arizona State and finished up at Arizona State. From there, I uh, managed kind of through some dumb luck, good fortune to get connected to an Intel recruiter when I was actually working as a teller at Wells Fargo. So got recruited to an Intel internship and came out to the, the Folsom area, did a summer internship, managed to extend that while I was finishing school. So finished that remotely, went back, wrapped up ASU, and then came right back out to the Folsom Sacramento area and started full-time in finance at Intel. And so I've been at Intel now for a grand total of 12 years. Wow. Almost all of that time has been spent in finance. I've had a number of different finance roles. I've been able to support a couple of different organizations in research and development. And then I've spent several years supporting sales and marketing finance in, uh, in a couple of different kind of roles in sales and marketing. In the middle of that, I, again, through dumb luck and good fortune, uh, the theme, and yeah. <laughs> I was on vacation and, uh, and found out that I could get LASIK just through a friend of a friend, found out I could get LASIK and still try to be an Air Force pilot. And that was something that I had dreamed of doing since I was a little kid. Um, something, you know, probably watching Top Gun too much. Uh, but, uh, you know, that was a dream. And I found out I had the chance to go chase it. And so, you know, I went for it. And, uh, you know, you fast forward a few years, had the, the chance to go through pilot training, took military leave from Intel yeah. um, for about three years, did all the training came back, flew full-time for a little bit, and now I'm, I'm full-time working in finance at Intel and then part-time flying for the Air Force. I've wow. been very, very fortunate and uh, you know get to kind of live in, in these two very different worlds. Yeah, I, I definitely want to dive into that a little bit more because um, it's not too often where, um, one, people are thinking, like, like, you can actually do that? You can like leave and, you know, a couple years, and, right? And so tell, let's just dive into that a little bit more uh, about kind of how that dream came to pass and also like what made you kind of take that extra leap and actually pursue it? Because a lot of times I know, even for me, I kind of like to personalize when it comes to uh, 
although this was not necessarily a dream, this was something that was a, a definitely, when I say this, I mean the podcast was a, definitely a, a huge interest of mine, but I didn't think it was possible, right? So just even that mentality of saying, ah, that's not for me, or I don't see myself doing that. But now having done, you know, almost 50 episodes later, you know, I'm so happy that I did take that leap. And I have been uh, just on continuing this amazing journey of like learning more about myself and other people and just something that I can do, but I had to initially take that first step, right? So uh, just tell me a little bit more about the steps that you take to get closer to your dream and now, you know, still flying today. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. It, it, it's, uh, it kind of sounds cliche, but, you know, it's kind of a, a possibility thinking mentality in terms of um, seeing something and, and going for it. And there's a, there's a lot of other factors too, right? I mean, I'm, I'm, uh, I really am very fortunate because a little bit more of that story of running into somebody who told me that something was possible. That's just part of, part of the good luck. I came back from that, that trip and I started talking to another, uh, finance colleague of mine who has turned into a very close friend and a, and a mentor. And he sat about 20 feet from me. My cubicle was at the end of the row and his was in the middle of the row, right? There's 7,000 people that wow. work at Intel and Folsom. And here's this one guy and I go into his cube and I'm like, hey man, are you a pilot? What's your deal, right? Because you've got these airplane things and I know you got, there's something else going on here. And uh, it turned out that he was a pilot wow. and he was working full-time at Intel. And he is also one of the best people that I have ever met and just so gracious and so enthusiastic about flying. I mean, it, yeah. I say it jokingly, but only half. It's kind of a wonder that we didn't get like fired because from <laughs> that point, I think we spent more time at work yeah. talking about flying than yeah. actually doing work. Uh, and Don't so worry, I won't share this to Intel, so you're good. <laughs> so, I mean, it's just like, yeah. you know, there's, there's opportunities that come up. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they, then it's a matter, I think of, of trying to make the most of the opportunity, but, yeah. you know, I, I have to recognize just the, the sheer amount of good luck and good fortune that comes with that too, because I had people in my life or mm -hmm. found people in my life who were able to help mentor me through that process. I had the means to be able to uh, go and, I mean, I went and got my private pilot's license while I was working to be competitive to apply for the Air Force, because yeah. that's kind of how that ends up working out. That's, you know, that's not something that everybody has access to. And being able to, to go and, and do that and have those resources and those people right. is, is huge. Yeah. Um, but like you're talking about, right, you, you find something, you, you go after it. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, that, I think is that like kind of cliche possibility thinking stuff where it's like, Hey, yeah. what I could go try for this. And then you start mm -hmm. to kind of break it down into the pieces and you start to, to achieve yeah. those pieces and they start to happen. And it's like, Oh, Hey, I think this is, this is actually going to work. Yeah. And, and tell me, because uh, it's funny even talking about, you know, becoming a pilot. And um, I think I've, I, I've been seeing more ironically, just more pictures of people uh, that, have learned to fly. Um, funny enough, I don't know if it's just because like I I was thinking about you as we're preparing for the podcast. I'm like maybe just looking at more things. Anyways, uh, maybe it's Meta getting all the information. Anyways, uh, anyways, uh, <laughs> back to the. Uh, what does actually like flight school look like? Because uh, like what is that process and like that journey? 
like what does it entail, right? Because it's I, I figure it's a little bit more than, you know, you got to go, it's a little bit harder than driving, right? So you got to figure out a lot of different things that I'm just totally unaware of. Like talk to me about like that experience and what you learned about yourself and maybe how some of those things have now spilled over to now your day-to-day, if that makes sense. Yeah. So, so learning how to fly, I mean, aside from being something that I wanted to do since I was a little kid. So there's just kind of that, like, there's a level of focus and, and enthusiasm there that you, that you get when you're chasing something like that. But learning how to fly has, I kind of describe it as, um, you know, flying itself is kind of this amazing mixture of kind of art and science, because mm. obviously there's a ton of sciencey stuff with, yeah. with flying, but then you're, you're out there flying. I mean, I have had, you know, kind of out of body experiences almost where, you know, flying kind of close to the ground just down here um, south of Sacramento uh, when I was working on my private pilot's license and looking down and, and you can see the cows on the ground. And, you know, it just it, you just kind of realize mm-hmm. what it is that you're doing. And there's just kind of that amazing experience and assuming that you're not getting air sick and stuff like that, which definitely takes away from things. Um, but if you know you're really able to enjoy it like that, there's just kind of like that that through line of mm-hmm. of enthusiasm that kind of keeps building. But really, there's also it's a constant challenge um, mm. because there's from from early on uh, and and still to today, learning is or excuse me, flying is just a constant process of learning. Yeah, and you start to kind of recognize that you're you're doing something that you've never done before. Mm-hmm. And it's, and it's, and it's hard. And that might be some of the basics of learning how to fly. It could be landing. It could be talking on the radio. Everybody generally tends to have a hard time talking on the radio because uh-huh. you're over here trying to fly or turn or whatever. And right. then all of a sudden you're listening for, for your call sign on the radio. And then you're, you're trying to talk back and figure out what to say to these people who are busy and are, you know, you're, you're trying not to screw up. So there's all this pressure and, and talking on the radio, you just, you can't figure out what to do. Yeah. And there's, you know, oh, you say this, you say that, and you yeah. work on it. But, you know, you, you do that a few times, and then all of a sudden, everything snaps into focus. Mm-hmm. And you're going through and you're learning this, and then all of a sudden, it snaps into focus. It's like yeah. you're, you can almost feel yourself and your brain kind of expanding, which is kind of a, it's a strange <laughs> thing, but with flying, because it's so you know, there's a repetition to it. So you're getting that kind of real-time feedback. Mm. Of, I suck at this <laughs> and I would like to not suck at this anymore. So yeah. I, you, know, you keep working on it and then yeah. it starts to work. Yeah. And like, not only is that kind of an amazing experience, I think, but it's also very satisfying because mm. it's like, here's the next challenge and then you go do it. And then here's yeah. the next challenge, you know? And so it just kind of builds on itself. Yeah. Yeah. I love, I love how you described the, the science and the art. Um, you know, I can definitely relate in that sense in terms of this, you know, obviously it's not flying, but, you know, there's a lot of ins and outs that like need to happen, right, for this particular thing. But then there's the art, right, and the appreciation that's, uh, to your point, yeah, like you get this feeling or, uh, in, you know, excitement um, that it just, I don't know, it's just, it's just an amazing, amazing feeling. Um, and something that I, I definitely want to touch on, at least briefly, uh, when it comes to learning, as you're talking about was kind of like our own learning experience that we had through the NELP program. Um, shout out to class 12. Um, and um, without giving too much, cause I know there's a lot of, you know, uh, red tape that we can't give too much away about the NELP experience unless you're in NELP. But in terms of your, 
your own experience and your own journey through that? Like, how did you change through that experience? And, and again, for those that are maybe tuning in or listening in for the first time, uh, NELP is a, is a fellowship program in Sacramento that uh, brings in a group of really strangers sometimes, uh, <laughs> right? Before this, I, I didn't even didn't know each other. Right. Um, but just an amazing um, opportunity that, that was challenging uh, many times. I'm not even going to say at times, but many times throughout uh, virtual experience. Um, but we come together and came out of it uh, better, I would say, uh, personally. But uh, I'm curious to hear more about your own journey because I think there was moments uh, from when we started to now, like, uh, you know, things have definitely changed either on an individual, but also as a collective level from our group, you know? Yeah. So for me, I think my NELP experience, a big part of it was getting connected to the class, yeah. um, you know, getting connected to a group of people who I never would have met otherwise. And I'm, I'm very, very grateful for that. Um, you know, I got connected to NELP through some folks at Intel who had, who had gone through before me. So had a, you know, nothing, I didn't have any inside line, uh, but, you know, had a general idea of kind of high level what, what it was um, and knew that it was an amazing opportunity. And so, you know, it was just, I think, really grateful for our class and getting to know our class and experience NELP together. Um, you know, another thing for me is the, the board service aspect mm -hmm. of NELP, which is a really important component of the program. And, you know, getting to be on a board now and participate in that way and feel like I'm, I'm hopefully being helpful <laughs> uh, with, with, you know, the, the organization I'm, I'm on the board of the FEO nature center um, right here in the Sacramento area, right on, right on the river. And uh, you know, a beautiful area, lots of, lots of programs uh, supporting education, which is really important. And, uh, you know, being able to jump in and, and start working with them right away and getting involved in like the finance committee and realizing that I have some of that personal experience that and professional experience that I can bring to bear on, on the board and to help benefit mm -hmm. the community is something that, frankly, I was not doing enough of in the first place. And so NELP has been a great catalyst for me to get more involved in the community in that way. Yeah, I know. That is one of the you know, outcomes and actually uh, requirements, right? That we would join a board, but it all—it's all, it's all uh, intentional in terms of the programming to make sure that we're being sharpened, right, as better leaders for our community. And um, and I'm now getting deep, in, diving deeper into kind of like the leadership realm now of questions uh, and kind of picking your brain at this. But um, how do you continue to grow and develop as a leader, right? I know you mentioned already a little bit about your story in flight school and, and the constant learning that you had to do, but you know, now having completed that and now continuing your own profession, uh, even outside of your, your work, like how do you continue to develop and grow um, as a leader? Yeah, I mean, there's a, I think the kind of the traditional linear leadership path, which, uh, which is the management path. And that's yeah. kind of where I'm, where I'm trying to go in terms of Intel. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I'm, I'm still not a people manager. I want to get there. Um, that's definitely one of my goals. And then, you know, kind of get in towards some of the, you know, the, the other levels of, of management that there are. Um, and so with that, there's, there's already some structure. And that's something that I've kind of been reminded of lately, even through NELP also, um, being grateful for some of the structure that's in place because you, you can kind of guide your growth and development and there's structure for feedback on that. 
And when you're coming in and saying, hey, I want to be a manager, this is what I want, or hey, I want to be a leader, which are not necessarily <laughs> the same thing. Um, but when you want to do both and you're kind of soliciting feedback from your own management, right? that, that I think helps identify areas because you're getting that outside feedback. Yeah. Um, and that feedback was, is, is hugely important and something that I don't think that I solicit enough in terms of asking people for how things are going or what I could be doing better. Um, so the, the leadership journey, I think is there's some structure there. Yeah. And then it's also kind of like a, what do you put an emphasis on? Mm -hmm. Because if you want to be kind of a leading through the people who work for you, which is, yeah. which is what I believe in is kind of a, I, I think, you know, kind of a servant leadership concept. Yeah. If you take care of your people, then, then they will, you know, want, you know, be successful and hopefully happy as reasonably as they can be. Um, but they'll take care of you, right? You don't mm -hmm. drive people to go do something and then force it on them. I think it's, it's a much more organic and a much healthier relationship if, you know, you can, you can work with people and, and kind of help them lead into their own success, right? which right. becomes organizational success. Mm -hmm. And so in the opportunities that I do have to kind of work a, a, like more of the peer relationship yeah. at the same time, I'm starting to get to the level that I can try to manage within that, not manage the people, but manage what's going on and how I'm interacting mm -hmm. and, and getting some feedback from that and figure out, okay, yeah how do I want to try to do this if I was kind of in a management spot or, yeah. or take a situation and learn more about it from, from a manager's perspective? For sure. What is something you um, kind of looking back and reflecting, uh, what would you say is like either the most recent change or in just terms of like your own leadership journey or just how you try to show up now? Um, you know, it doesn't have to be necessarily connected to NELP, but just more of, you know, if this was a few years ago, what's been the biggest difference for Neil Brown in terms of how he approaches himself and how he tries to show up day to day at, the, at either in the workplace or for his community? I think part of it is, is a matter of like being engaged yeah. and, um, and holding myself accountable to that. Cause I'm not as engaged as I should be a lot of the time. I, uh -huh. There's distractions everywhere. Sometimes it's, it's personal side or, or sometimes it's just, there's so much work that you don't, that you don't mm -hmm. stay in the moment with anything that you're doing. Yeah. Um, but I think being engaged and recognizing what I do and how that impacts other people and then talking to them about that um, and getting some of that feedback, that's been something for me that I think builds on that kind of people first mentality and mm -hmm. the desire to be a people first leader. And that itself is something that I think has evolved over the last few years yeah. of, of wanting to have that kind of, that kind of servant leader mentality. And, and just to kind of dig a little bit that is that something you felt like you were kind of aware of before and maybe you just spent more time to kind of like get over like that hump. And I only, I only bring that up because again, there were many instances, uh, you know, I, I, I had Courtney about two episodes ago and I, I specifically remember at one point during our program where I, I was like, I'm going to intentionally try to uh, respond to Courtney in a way where I can, you know, get out of my comfort zone and it didn't go too well. Uh, but it, it was one of those like risks that I was willing to take again, because yeah. of the, as we like to say, the container <laughs> of the program. Uh, but again, I think it was one of those things that for everybody, there was a risk that we either can step up to or step back from. 
And uh, yeah, and I know again, I always remember the 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 not the incident, but with you and Achini going back, but that was one of the the one of my highlights of you of like that was amazing just because I was on your team. Uh, but again, just kind of um, again, I guess the, what I'm trying to say with all this too, and hopefully for for the people listening and watching is um, there are some times where we may have some sort of awareness or kind of like this thing in in our in our stomach that I would say that's like, I don't know what that is, but I think we just got to allow ourselves to kind of like take that risk, right. Or even get, get that feedback to your point um, to really kind of uh, recognize what that is and how we can kind of overcome it. Uh, Hopefully that makes sense. What I'm, what I'm saying. Yeah. I mean, I think that maybe part of what you're talking about is like, there's a, it's like, you have to know what your priorities are. There we go. Yeah. Yeah. And like, if the work is always going to be there. And if I like switch gears and talk about like the experience that I have, because the, the airplane that I fly has a crew, mm. right? And so as, as a pilot and I'm not there yet, but eventually I'm going to be an aircraft commander, you're responsible for the crew. You, you have mm. a job to do and there's, you're trying to go do this thing with, with a, a group of people. Um, and you know, if the, if the priority in work or in flying, if that's, if it's, the, the one job or the, you know, the current assignment, yeah. right. Then I think that that kind of misses the bigger picture mm-hmm. where there's, where there's like a, how are we doing this yeah. element to it? And I've seen um, in, in both areas, right. In flying and in, and in at Intel where people are mindful of how are we going and doing this thing? Mm-hmm. Right. And that, that I think it, it gives you a chance to stay, to kind of set your own agenda yeah and to kind of stay true to something that lasts longer than just the current you know whatever the current fire is that you're trying to put right out. right no that's good that's good um and it sounds like the next thing for you for aircraft what what does that look like cuz it like looks like you're trying to level up now <laughs> yeah i'm a little slow to level up if if we're being <laughs> honest this is something that uh normally would not take me as long uh-huh. as it has um but uh you know, you, you go and, and you kind of pass certain requirements. You go off to, to do specific training um, for, for the C-17. We go back to Oklahoma and do another month or so of training in Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have kind of multiple levels of evaluation that you go through both there and then on the road. You go and you take an airplane and a crew and you have an evaluator pilot and you go and you're in charge. And the evaluator pilot is basically there to make sure you don't do anything, you know, monumentally stupid. Mm-hmm. And two, <laughs> to see if you really are ready to go be an aircraft commander. Yeah. So there's this very dynamic evaluation where stuff usually goes wrong in some form or fashion. Um, I was actually just talking to a friend of mine last night and he, he just did this in a different airplane and he was literally halfway around the world and yeah. getting all kinds of paperwork problems and all this stuff going on. And it just, you know, the curveballs are, are coming at you all the time. Yeah. Uh, but that's kind of how that works. And it's, it's, you know, kind of is a, it, it translates a surprising amount between both jobs mm-hmm. because there's always going to be the next fire. There's always going to be this other yeah. thing or competing priorities or personalities, yeah. you know, that you got to just kind of work through yeah. and, whether you're on the road with the crew trying to make a mission happen and trying to stay safe or you're trying to just work and take care of your people and get the work done, mm-hmm. right? Like you, you're just going to have to navigate that stuff and try to make reasonable decisions in real time 
Yeah. And yeah. also, I think not being too hard is you got to give yourself grace too. Yeah. It's like you do the best that you can with the information that you have at the time. Mm-hmm. And then you learn from that. Yeah. And you got to have that kind of, there's the external feedback loop, but then there's the internal also. <laughs> where it's like, hey, I feel like I suck at this. Maybe I can validate that. <laughs> yeah. But then I also, you know, I, I need, and I need to do this more often is be deliberate about like, oh, I, mm-hmm. I want to be better at that. And then actually invest the energy that it takes to do that. Yeah. And, and then be better yeah. and hold myself to a higher standard. Yeah. Not so, that's so good, man. Um, and I think this is a great opportunity to, um, before we get to uh, the lightning round, which is one of my favorite segments here, uh, but you talked about moving up in, in Intel, right? When it comes to management, uh, pursuing, you know, aircraft commander. So a lot of things that, you know, that's in store for you in your kind of next phase of the journey. Uh, but, and there's a lot of folks that hear that, you know, whether it's peers, people, seasoned professionals, a lot of young professionals that tune in, like, what would you, what practical advice would you give and share with those that, you know, want to help themselves to, to be better, to lead up uh, where they're at today? Yeah. I mean, something that is really important that, again, I don't do enough of is, is setting goals. But it's not just setting the goal, it's also breaking that down. Um, I was just having this conversation with somebody the other day. They were giving, I asked a very similar question. So yeah. I'll pass on some of the wisdom. <laughs> there you um, go. But, you know, the, some of the advice that they gave was that when you have a big thing that you're, cry, you're trying to go do, don't try to boil the ocean. Right? <laughs> Take it and break it into smaller parts and boil that. And go and be thoughtful about it, but go and and take this big thing that you're trying to do, yeah, and break it down into you know reasonably sized chunks, and then go work your way through those chunks, yeah, right. And it's you know similar to the basics of learning how to fly, like I was kind of talking about. Like you get a certain sense of accomplishment and also a certain amount of momentum when you've you have those steps that you can take towards that goal and you feel like you're accomplishing those steps, right? Cause then you're building that momentum towards that yeah. goal. And that has a, a really powerful effect, yeah. even if it's just for you psychologically. Yeah. I, I love that you've mentioned that. Thank you for that wisdom. Um, and it just made me think, and I want to publicly say thank you for uh, uh, really um, encouraging us in the class to reach out to Tiffany Harder um because uh that's been a game changer for me uh honestly because like as soon as you talk about goals and 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 really not trying to boil the ocean was like it just made me think exactly of how she breaks things down for me uh currently even today as i continue to invest in myself with coaching with her who i hope to have on the podcast very soon um so yeah thank you seriously for that because that's i mean the coaching has been phenomenal besides her being just an amazing person already but uh, just the coaching uh, has been a, really a game changer. So thank you for that. Yeah. Um, but uh, I couldn't agree yeah. more, by the way. <laughs> Tiff is awesome. Yes. And again, right, this is the stupid luck that is my life, which is just kind of <laughs> the running theme, right? I mean, I, I got connected to, to Tiff because I didn't know. Right? They're just right, good, exactly. good fortune. And uh, yeah, she does an amazing job with the coaching. It's yeah, it's solid. Yeah. Check it so, out. Yes. And for those that... Um, I will have her on soon, I promise. And you'll see exactly what I'm talking about. Um, but before then, uh, we definitely got to hit this, this lightning round. These are questions I did not share with you beforehand. These are just fun questions, top of the, top of the uh, 
top of the time to you know get you going here um and then we'll all close right, out all right all so right. very very simple one to start off chocolate or vanilla chocolate if you had to do one karaoke song to save your life it would be <laughs> run in the opposite direction run <laughs> Oh, we're gonna have to get you one, Neil. I know. I don't have. I don't have a good go-to karaoke song. Okay, I'm gonna come back to that one. All right. Uh, best travel destination that you've been on. Ooh, Barcelona was pretty great. That's a good one. That's a good one. Favorite dessert. I mean, it's going to be something chocolate. Chocolate, I generally think. speaking. Uh, I have I've made these uh, these chocolate. Uh, it's like a triple chocolate cupcake. Ooh. Actually, you know what? Favorite dessert: chocolate and peanut butter. There you go. There you go. Morning person or night owl? Night owl. Favorite music artist? Dave Matthews Band. So that means you got to do a Dave Matthews karaoke. See how I got you there? Mm. <laughs> uh pineapple pineapples on pizza yes or no it's allowed it's allowed Neil making yes. this if you go, here you go i'll rep somebody so pizza supreme go. being in sacramento uh -huh. is phenomenal it's not supreme it, it is supreme supremely okay. phenomenal <laughs> yes but uh they are great and and ben at pizza supreme being is just an awesome dude does amazing work um, and did some really awesome stuff during the pandemic of kind of paring back his business and uh, trying to encourage people to support other local businesses. So that's good awesome. dude, great pizza. Supposedly, if you order a Neil Brown, you'll get a an off menu pizza, but it's jalapeno and pineapple, no spam, because the Hawaiian has the spam. Ooh. But Hawaiian, but that actually sounds really good. It's I. So you're saying if I go get a Neil Brown. Okay. According, according to him, that okay. will mean something to that. Okay, I'll have to, find, I'll have to find Ben. Let I'll me know if you try it. Okay, I'll talk to Ben. Um, all right, here we go. Moving on. In your high school yearbook, you were most likely to? I don't even know. Lose my yearbook. Um, I don't think I even have it in this state. <laughs> what would be the what would be like the tag? Like most... oh. <laughs> Which isn't even true. Yeah. Okay. It sounds good. Right, right. Uh, something that most people wouldn't know about you. Uh, when I was, oh, when I worked at Wells Fargo, I got robbed as a bank teller. While you were working? Okay, we got to have, that's going to be for another episode sometime. <laughs> I got um, a couple, I got a couple stories. Right, you got a couple stories. All right. <laughs> Uh, worst nickname given to you? <laughs> oh, that's the one. That's the one you got to share. Uh, so uh, <laughs> I'm not particularly tall and played basketball longer than somebody who's not particularly tall would usually play basketball mm -hmm. and wasn't necessarily good. Didn't help that I couldn't really see that well, needed classes, yeah. Not, yeah. You know, the whole thing. But I can relate. Uh, there was there was a point where for some reason I thought that that really getting height on a shot was somehow beneficial, but somehow that translated into me having the nickname Johnny Rocket. Oh. Which was not Yeah, you know. I gotcha. It's okay. But now now you fly over them. 
right? So yeah, yeah, yeah. I got you. I got you. All right, last two here. Um, biggest lesson you learned so far in 2022? This is the lightning round. Yeah, man. Oh, um, sometimes it's okay to slow down. Love that. Last one to close us out. Every leader needs what? I was going to say a follower, but that's, that's what comes to mind. Every leader needs a follower? Every, every leader needs a follower. Uh, every, every leader needs to listen. Ooh, there you go. You heard it here. Neil Brown, every leader needs to listen. Um, thank you so much, Neil, for your time and your wisdom. I greatly appreciate you. I know we're going to connect soon, but thank you all for tuning in. Catch you all on the next episode of the Lead Up Podcast. Peace. Thanks, Renato.